Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with host Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Cauldron, Season 2, Episode 7. And this is the next installation of our Zodiac series where we're going to be discussing Pisces. Now, I found a really fun fact about Pisces. I didn't know this before, but apparently it's one of the largest constellations in the sky, which I think makes total sense because they've got big energy. (laughs) They do. So we are entering Pisces season, which is the last of the 12 Zodiac signs. Now, fortunately, we did not start on Aries, so this is not the last of the series. But for this season, we are going to be getting into all things Pisces. As normal, we're going to be covering the new moon, the full moon, ways to use this, and a few other interesting cosmic happenings. So Pisces season begins on February 18th, and it ends approximately March 19th to March 20th, where Aries season will begin. Pisces season, of course, occurs on the heels of Aquarius season, and I like to think of these as sequences, mostly because they are. So coming from Aquarius, where we have all these big ideas and the innovation, the other side of that is there's this detachment. But when we roll into Pisces season, Pisces again asks us to remember that interconnectedness that we all have or that collective consciousness. Pisces is the like grandpa of the Zodiac to me, you know, or the grandma. So we're not being sexist here, but (laughs) they're, they're that old, you know, the old wise, I've been around the block, seen it all kind of uh, vibe. Right. And I, I love Pisces for, for what they bring to the table. And, you know, I've got some, some strengths and some weaknesses that I'm going to go over with you guys and, you can tell me if you've ever noticed this, but I'm pretty familiar with Pisces, given as I've had a lot of them in my life, um, but you may not be. So, you know, one of the things that I think Pisces is really known for is like being the dreamer, right? They're very, um, they're very big visionaries. You know, they, they kind of sometimes will live in this fantasy world, but it makes them very creative. So, some of the positive traits that we have for Pisces is this creativity. Um, they just have this like unbridled creativity. It's like they just don't care what anyone thinks about what they create. They just create. Um, and and I really love that about them. And then they're very empathetic, very generous. Um, but another thing I'd say that they're pretty known for is being very intuitive. So it's very easy for them to tap into that, that third eye energy and really just listen to the world around them, listen to themselves, which also makes them very sensitive. They are extremely sensitive creatures. Every Pisces I've ever known. (laughs) Very, very sensitive. Um, And again, there's a strength and a weakness, honestly, to that. It can be, it can kind of go either way. Um, But they're very compassionate in general and um, can be quite inspiring as well because of this unbridled kind of energy they have. They just do what they want and blaze their trail as they make their way through this last zodiac sign in the wheel. Um, 
and they can be very romantic as well. They're very, very romantic types, very like Rico Suave, like um, they'll be the ones, you know, getting you flowers and writing you poems and, you know, that sort of thing. They, they, they want you to really feel the love that they have to give, which I love. Um, they're also natural born healers. So a lot of like energy workers and, you know, uh, tarot readers and that sort of things that I have met are Pisces um, because it's so easy for them to tap into that, that intuition and that, that inner power. Now, some of the weaknesses sometimes with Pisces is they can be a bit emotional if they're not in check, if they're, if they're not working on that healing journey. Um, sometimes they can be, they can be a bit all over the place, a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Now, they can also kind of put up walls sometimes as well. They're very, it's very easy for them to put up walls and just kind of be in their own little fantasy world, like I mentioned before. So while, you know, being able to fantasize can be a very positive trait, the weak, the weakness side of that, the shadow side of that is just living in that fantasy world and literally closing off the outside world and not being a part of reality, uh, which I have definitely experienced with a Pisces before. Um, and that can tend to make them very moody sometimes as well, you know, so it's like, you know, how much should you take <laughs> kind of thing? Like how much excuse do you make for them? Right. But, um, you just have to learn how to navigate it. And, you know, again, it can be a bit of a roller coaster, but hopefully they're working on their, their healing. Now, one thing I will say, and, this is just like, it applies to Aquarius as well. So I feel like I can say this, but one of the things they say that, you know, if you're not working on your healing journey with Pisces is you can be sort of lazy. You can get in this fantasy world. You can just be in your own mind so much that you just don't really participate in a lot. You're not doing a whole lot. You know, I wouldn't say it necessarily comes into play with like, um, keeping up a house or anything like that, because I've, I've seen that both ways, but just be careful. It can tend to make them a little bit like a Greek aristocrat getting fed grapes. Okay. <laughs> now, two more things I want to mention is, uh, they can be very idealistic in the same way, right? Um, they can have very idealistic views of the world and of people and sometimes can get very disappointed when people don't live up to those standards. Um, and lastly, and gosh, this is probably the one I hear the most about um, Pisces is escapism. They are very well known. Again, this is sort of like the culmination of all the things that we just talked about, the weaknesses when it comes to Pisces all comes into this, this one moment. Um, because they really can just like dig into something, you know, whether it's TV or a game or a hobby or whatever. And again, just shut out the outside world. So I feel like as a Pisces, sometimes you have to make a bit more of an effort to kind of be a part of culture and society um, or else you kind of get stuck in your own thing. Like um, a not so negative view of that is that Greg loves to watch this show called live free or die. And he loves watching shows that are based in Alaska, like, um, survivalism type shows. Um, but this one in particular, people are literally like living off the land, like sustainable lifestyles off grid off the land, which I, I definitely have an interest in off grid, but it's funny how this comes into play with this idea of escapism. Like he would be 
perfectly fine if he did not have me and the kids living alone in the woods, living off the land with no contact with the outside world. Like he would be perfectly happy with that. And I've had to make it very clear that that is not going to be our future. Sorry. (laughs) You should have discussed this before we got married. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it's like, that's not necessarily a negative view of it, but it's like, he still possesses this. Uh, desire and absolutely the capability (laughs) of escapism yeah escapism is very prevalent in in pisces pisces suns or pisces placements around the chart it also has something to do with addictions you know because addictions typically are escapism Uh, but a lot of what i've noticed about pisces suns is that i see more of the rest of their chart when I initially meet them, then I see the actual Pisces. And I think that has to do with, they have the capability of sort of masking that 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 side of themselves. Uh, in fact, last week, I finally got to do the chart of a friend that I've had since I was 11 years old. So we're talking decades at this point. And I was like, you don't come across as a Pisces at all. I would read you as an earth sign. I need to do your chart. She's not really into anything that I'm into, but she supports me. Um, So she let me do this and her chart was loaded down with earth signs. I was like, I freaking knew it. There's no way you're far too responsible and orderly to be, (laughs) (laughs) to be like just, just Pisces. There's something else going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's so funny. But you know, Greg was the same way when we first looked at his chart, he's got a lot of fire. In his chart. And I would say that that definitely enters the room first before the Pisces. The Pisces is like, once I've gotten to know him more, I see more of that. But yeah, his outward appearance is very um, Aries. (laughs) Very Aries. (laughs) He's got a chart like mine. Like mine is water and fire dominant. Um, I don't know if I necessarily like project that way. I I have struggled with anger in the past, which I'm sure has something to do with all them fire placements, but, <laughs> but by and large, I, I, I think more, more of an earthy presence, but, but yeah, that, that water and fire can be quite the mix. Yes. Between the two of you, I have quite a fun existence. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're right here. <laughs> So with a new moon in Pisces, now the moon rules emotions and Pisces is a water sign, which is also a very emotional and intuitive sign. So when we get into this new moon, we can put an emphasis on dream magic. I actually just wrote an article about dreams because I was having so many. Now, granted, as we're recording this, we're in Aquarius season, but I was getting heavy, heavy like intense dreams. And when we move into Pisces season, this is a good time to switch the emphasis to this, like start a dream journal, start attempting to lucid dream. If it's in your wheelhouse, this would be a good time for astral travel. Now I have never accomplished astral travel, but I have tried. (laughs) (laughs) I, I wish it was something I could access, but I don't. Have you ever done it? Um, so I think that there are a couple of different schools of thought around astral travel. Um, I think some people literally think it's like 
you're going to feel yourself literally physically like in this state of like being somewhere else. And then there's some that I think believe that it's more of just a visualization sort of thing. And so when, when I think in terms of that second school of thought, yes, like there have been many dreams that I've had and many times that I've been in a dream state where it felt so real where I could actually feel things and I was moving things around more so. And I, and I really think during those times that I'm like somewhere else in another reality or something, you know, um, you know, have I levitated my soul off, you know, out of my body over my bed and like flown to, you know, I don't know, Fiji somewhere and had fun for a day. Like, no, I don't think, um, (laughs) that I've ever experienced that really, but I've definitely experienced, um, sleep paralysis, which sort of kind of aligns with this where you're conscious, but you're not conscious, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's so, um, that has happened. And and yeah, there's just been so many times, especially lately when you mentioned that your dreams have kicked up a notch, I was like chomping at the bit to say something because I'm like, yes, I have had the most, craziest vivid lucid dreaming lately and actually seeing more detail than usual as well Mm -hmm. because I don't tend to see a lot of faces and stuff or a lot of a lot of detail but I've actually had people from my real life showing up in my dreams which might be common for some people but it's really not for me so definitely something to speak to yeah yeah it's my dreams have been there's more detail than there usually is. And I kind of go through waves where a lot of the times my dreams, like you said, they, they don't have faces. Like there's sometimes they're not as colorful. There's a lot of things that go into it that make it more intense. As for astral projection, if I've ever done it, I've done so unintentionally. I used to struggle with sleep paralysis a lot, a lot. And, and those little shadow demons off to the side, not a fan. But Mm-mm. I do think that I had gotten close once and and I was actually actively trying. I was started using like binaural beats like and syncing um, my brain waves with these. But also I've tried guided meditation to do it. And one time it felt like my body was lifting like it felt like a jet was taking off, like it was vibrating. But as soon as it did that, like I snapped right back into reality. So but, you know, we went off a, a little bit here, but if astral travel is in your wheelhouse, this would be like the optimal time to do it or to start practicing to try to do it. But if not, lucid dreaming is a good a good way to spend this time. Now for me, when I'm in a dream and things like start going sideways, uh, I can usually be like, hmm, this is a little too weird to be reality. So like I'll pinch myself and if I don't feel it, I know that I'm dreaming and then you can sort of take over the dream and make it your own. Now, there's other ways you can spend this energy. This is a good time for creative endeavors. Pisces is very creative. I was about to say hella creative. (laughs) (laughs) That would be acceptable. Hella creative. Yes. (laughs) I was like, do do I want to be... (laughs) Do I want to... uh... Why not? We're we're elder millennials. We just have to accept this fact, okay? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We can be chuggy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, 
there is so much surrounding this energy in in it's a liminal space. Pisces just operates in between the dream world and reality. They sort of ride this this coast of between two worlds and you can definitely utilize this in your practice and and with this operating in the liminal space that is the Pisces season it's a great time for divination now like I've said before I practice divination all the time but the veil can sort of be thinner in Pisces season so this could be a good time for you know working with your tarot cards or working with your pendulums or whatever medium of divination that you enjoy it's really tapping into this energy that's otherworldly. Now, another thing that I wanted to mention during this Pisces season, and and it, it's been going on, but right now, every planet is direct, which means all of your problems are now your fault, unfortunately. So we've got this energy where there is no planet retrograde. Everything is moving forward. And we get this like a few weeks out of the year every so often. And all planets are direct until April. Yeah, April when Mercury goes into retrograde. So instead of, you know, operating under a cosmic pause, as we've called it here before, you are granted the energy to go after what it is you want to go after. This is a good time to utilize not only in your practice, but, you know, in your personal life. So the lessons that you've learned from prior retrograde periods and, you know, sort of taking that step back and sitting with yourself and seeing what needed to change, now's a good time to start making those changes, to start implementing new ideas and ways to, la la la, I'm just, I'm talking in circles here. Are you high too? I wish I've got it over there. I did bring it up. <laughs> oh, wait, she broke it. Did you have something else? I had two others. She broke my sativa. So I have a hybrid oh. over there. And then I have my indica in the drawer. But yeah, indica. <laughs> the thing was, she broke it. She threw it at me and I didn't realize it was broken. So I put it, I, I put things in my waistband because we're women. We don't have pockets. Um, and then it started leaking all down my side. And I was like, I pulled it up and it's like sap. I'm like, oh no. It's delicious. Just what is it? <laughs> Don't let it go to waste. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Oh. Bummer. Yes. It was a sad, sad day. But, oh, oh, Okay. We also have a few big happenings this year, uh, and one of those that is occurring during Pisces season is Saturn is moving into Pisces, which should be an interesting, an interesting event because you have Saturn, that is rules, authority, discipline, and then you have Pisces, <laughs> which is sort of the antithesis of Saturn. So... <laughs> I, I'm really curious how this is all going to pan out. These are not what I would say are complementary energies. Um, 
So as as such, we we may be seeing new structures in in the way that we approach our subconscious or unconscious minds, uh, as in dreams, as in dreams. Um, there could be a one thing we haven't mentioned is Pisces is known for its spirituality, so it could be new structures in spiritual uh, the spiritual arena in spirituality. Uh, there's there's so many ways that this could could manifest. I believe the last time Saturn was in Pisces was 1993, briefly, mm. briefly, and then I want to say 1996 was um, when when it, it actually stationed there because I believe when it was in 1993 it was a retrograde. Don't quote me; I'm not a hundred percent, and I I probably should have brushed up before this episode, but. If you're really interested in the historical context of this, you you are welcome to Google this and figure out what was going on around those two eras. I was too young, too young to remember. <laughs> yeah, I was about six, so I definitely was not aware of anything Zodiac at the time. Um, but the early 90s, from what I do recall, was a very interesting time, um, especially, I would say, around the idea of of belief systems, you know, like that a lot of things changed from the eighties to the nineties, you know, and ooh, ooh, go ahead. Oh, I, I just, when you repeated when I wasn't the one speaking and it gave me the chance to, to think 1996 and 1993, I believe were about the times that Hocus Pocus and the craft were coming out and movies like that and then you know later followed by like series like charm and stuff but yeah yes yes that is a Mm. perfect example of that and to speak to that i feel like i am definitely embodying like a major shift in maybe not necessarily what i believe although that does come into play a little bit um but my my practices my my daily routines around my spirituality um how i present myself to the world as the spiritual person, all of those things are really shifting for me and solidifying in a way um, that I've never been able to really accomplish before. So I would say that that definitely is coming, coming into play at this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I really believe that that's ultimately how Saturn moving into Pisces will manifest. We'll see new structures around religions and spirituality and, you know, it, it could manifest personally around our, our own ambitions or our own dreams and creativity. There, there's a lot of ways that these energies can sort of intermingle. And I'm, I'm really curious to see it. Now, side note, side note, we got Pluto moving over into, I think that's Aries season. That's the one. Uh, Pluto moving into Aquarius is what I'm really interested in. I'm not going to talk about it on this one. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. To me, that would lead into to technology. And it's I'm, I'm, I'm pretty curious, especially with all these chat bots coming up. Okay, sorry. I am not high, but I, I am actually. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's definitely a lot happening around AI right now. Um, and Greg and I were discussing that the other day, how we're sort of moving from 
like as a world worldview, the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. And there's a lot coming up around that, you know, science and technology and it's exciting and scary (laughs) all at the same time. Yes, that occurs in Aries season. So March 23rd. So we will talk a little bit more about this on our next episode, but I was too excited. That's too excited. I got, I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We love excitement around here. So I am adding a fun segment to the Zodiac series now, and I'm really excited because it's something that I always find myself like looking up and I don't know why I didn't think to do this in the previous Zodiac episodes, but I want to mention some like famous Pisces people, um, because I think it's always interesting to see what kind of like interests or characteristics that you share with these people and, and what are their professions? What are their interests? You know, I think you can learn a lot from yourself by looking at people who are very prominently placed in the world and, and their Zodiac signs. So I'm going to go over a few here and I think you'll be rather surprised. I hadn't really looked this one up before and um, it is quite the array of different kinds of people. So um, I'm going to start off with um, Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford is a Pisces. She was a model. Um, and so I don't even really know what to say about that. I didn't realize that, <laughs> you know, um, an affinity for the, you know, performance and things like that was something you'd see a lot with Pisces. Now, granted, we don't know the rest of her chart. This is just her sun sign. But Cindy Crawford is on there. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer is a Pisces. I mean, hilarious, like that, like quiet hilariousness, the sarcasm, you know, that would make sense. And then you have people like Drew Barrymore, you know, which she does kind of have that, that like understated, like seriousness to her that I think kind of makes sense for this. Um, and, I, and I would say she's a dreamer. She has a lot going on. Yeah, to me, she is always embodied like a Pisces. What I think of when I think of Pisces, I think of Drew Barrymore, like 100%. Yeah, quintessential. (laughs) And then like the opposite end of that, you have people like Steve Jobs. You know, he is a Pisces born February 24th. So he's pretty early on. Really? Yep. I did not know that. I would have pegged him for an Aquarius if I was guessing. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I said he's he, he's February 24th. So he's not really like we don't talk cusps around here too much. Um, but he obviously still remembers a lot from being an Aquarius and is applying that to this lifetime for sure. Well, it's when people say cusp, I, I think they have the, the wrong perception. But when you're born really close to what, I don't know what to call it, trendy astrology, like magazine, newspaper astrology, like when they discuss cusp, it's usually because the other planets, like your inner planets are in those other signs. And I'd be willing to bet there's some Aquarius or maybe Capricorn in this chart. I'm going to look. No, now we need to know, right? (laughs) We'll give you an update. Um. And this one probably won't come as much of a surprise if you're old enough to know who this is, is George Harrison. So probably the most sensitive band member of the Beatles. That one's no surprise. He actually um, wrote a song called Pisces Fish shortly before he died in 2001. So I thought that was cool. 
And then you have people like Erica Badu. She's a singer and songwriter. She's very spiritual. She has very soulful music. So that one just aligns perfectly. And then you have another model, Elizabeth Taylor. So this one kind of blew me away, of course. And it, well, maybe like, yes, it did. And, but no, it didn't because she had that very sensitive, sultry kind of vibe to her. Right. And then you have people like Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is a Pisces, you guys. I could totally see that, actually. I can see mm-hmm. that one, too. Yeah, that one, I think he kind of embodies it just from like all the way from the way he looks to the way he's always singing about love and romance and that sort of thing. Um, speaking of singers, Karen Carpenter. And yes, this is before my time, but <laughs> she they, you know, they sing a lot um, about, you know, romance and love and that sort of thing, too. Um, now, Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale is another bright and shiny, famous Pisces. And again, I think that one sort of makes sense. Uh, may not have guessed it, but I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can see that. And then, oh, my gosh, these two. Okay, Eva, Eva Mendez. I never know how to say that right. She definitely has that, like, Kind of spiritual, sexy, sultry vibe to her, right? But she used to be my girl crush. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, she's yes. gorgeous. She has that mm-hmm. that just timeless everything about her that I think is sort of again quintessential, like Pisces, right? Very dreamy. Yeah. But this one kind of cracked me up. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. Really? Yep. <laughs> yep. Now, I know one of the things he is known for is, like, giving things away all the time, right? Like, he likes to give away money. He likes to give away things. He's very, very generous. So, in that regard, knowing that, I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense again, too. He's very, very generous, very empathetic, I think, in that way. Very, very compassionate. I have an update on Steve Jobs. (laughs) Oh, please tell. So, his Mercury. So, communication. And um, thought process uh, is in Aquarius and his Venus is in Capricorn. And so his big three is Pisces, Pisces sun, Aries moon and Virgo rising. So all of this sort of makes sense to me now. Yes, you were right. Definitely some prominent placements there in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Okay, I've got a few more just because I can't. There's so many. I just can't. I have to tell you all of these. This one really made me chuckle, though, even more than Shaq. Flavor Flav. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I can see that. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like, talk about living in a fantasy world, right? Like, he yes, in his own world, for sure. This is not going to be his last life as a Pisces. I'm quite sure of it. I love that for him. I do. Oh, my gosh. And then you have Adam Levine. Yeah, yeah, I can see that one, too. He, oh, gosh, and please don't come for me for this, okay, if you're a fan of Adam Levine. But I feel like he really embodies that, like, narcissistic, the world revolves around me kind of Pisces. (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about. I have personal experience with the type. So, um yeah, that one, I was like, well, yeah, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> and the last one I want to mention, just because, like, 
they were a huge part of my like Hollywood world growing up was Bruce Willis. I didn't know this, but he was actually born in Germany. Um, but yeah, his birthday is March 19th. So he's right there towards the tail end. He's the ultimate grandpa of grandpa Pisces. And, um, I thought that kind of makes sense too. Like he's known for this very serious, like overly serious kind of like vibe with his roles. Right. Very like, um, dramatic, lots of dramatic pauses is what I imagine in my brain, like from all his movies, right. The facial expressions and that sort of thing. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. I actually, I've never tried to guess his sign. I don't think I have either. And I'm not sure that I would have pegged him for Pisces given his penchant for um, like action films and that sort of thing. To me, that seems. I would have thought Aries. Yeah, I think I would have gone with Aries, but he's right there at the tail end. So, I mean, that might be his next step, which kind of makes sense. It does. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Um, I'm going to be working that into, um, you know, the last half or less whatever we have left of our zodiac episodes um but something else fun that i wanted to work in is just something sort of unique to that sign um and it's, so it's going to change with every episode but this one i thought was really appropriate and it's some things that you never want to say to a pisces whether they're just a friend or a romantic partner because pisces can be sensitive you know, they can take things a bit more seriously than we mean sometimes. And as an Aquarius who's married to a Pisces, believe me, I understand this more than anyone. Because <laughs> um, I can be very blunt and very straightforward, no filter sometimes. And I really have, I've learned a lot about myself and, and how I sometimes don't communicate things very well by being married to my wonderful Pisces husband. So there's a couple of things I want to mention that you know, or just some things that might be a little bit offensive to someone who is a Pisces. And the first one is saying things like, get your head out of the clouds. So as an Aquarius, I can also relate to this because I'm like, so air sign is not even funny. Um, but because Pisces are dreamers, right? They're constantly dreaming up new things. And him and I, we get along so well because of this we're constantly dreaming about our future and our plans and and oftentimes they do actually materialize which is really great but you know to tell someone who is such a dreamer who's thinking so big to to you know to stop thinking that way is probably going to make them question their entire lives so just don't do that <laughs> yeah whole existential crisis no no don't do that yes uh, one thing that, um, well, I guess it does apply to me is I think Pisces are kind of like these chronic long-term relationship type people as well. So something else that you wouldn't want to say to an Aquarius is like, you know, why do you feel the need to always be in a relationship? Pisces. I mean, uh, Pisces. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you take a safety break before you sit down to record. <laughs> but yeah, something about Pisces is they... They just love having a partner. They love doing life with someone else. They love having that support system. And, you know, to ask them why they feel the need to to be that way, again, would sort of make them question themselves and who they are at the core. So just don't say it. Also, one very big thing is don't ever 
tell them that they're being too sensitive. <laughs> and I say this because I have actually said this and it is not a nice thing to say because we can all be a little sensitive sometimes. Um, but yeah, Pisces is like, they can be the most sensitive, you know, like you've got to nurture them. <laughs> you've got to uh, just, just let them be in those emotions because believe me, they have them and they work through them unlike anyone else. And so just, just let them do things their way and just be there, just be a pillar for them. You know, Hey, I'm here and <laughs> let me know what you need. I feel like that one's universal. I don't think it's ever a good idea to tell anybody, anybody, particularly a water sign, I would say, not to be too sensitive. Just, just, but I'm guilty of it because even as a water sign, I'm not particularly sensitive. My husband, the Gemini, is, is very sensitive. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That learn can, from our mistakes. Uh, right? Yeah. Not, not too ashamed to admit it here, guys. That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, something else that could probably be hurtful is, you know, saying things like, don't be so naive. You know, uh, Pisces is very idealistic. You know, again, they're the dreamers that keeps coming up. They're very visual. They like to envision things that could be. And, you know, so it may come off as naive sometimes, but really they just see the big picture in a way and they just, they know what they want and they're not afraid to communicate that. Um, but deep down inside, they probably, you know, know, <laughs> you know, like they're in touch with reality. They just prefer to live in these, these dreams a little bit more. And so kind of tied into that too, the last one I want to mention is, is telling a Pisces to take more initiative. So this one I have seen um, with Pisces before and, you know, they're fish. Okay. They like to swim down river. They don't really like to swim up river. They kind of like to just float through life on the easiest path possible. You know, they really, I think do prefer the path of least resistance. And so they may seem lazy and lacking initiative sometimes. Sometimes they can, you know, kind of can be. We did mention that before. Um, but never pointed out in a in a direct way. I think that can be really hurtful and take away that imagination that is just so inherent for Pisces, that childlike spirit that you just don't you don't want to squash that. No, absolutely not. And I love this edition and I hope you guys do too. We are going to close this episode with the full moon in Virgo. So if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know that the new moon always occurs in the same sign and the full moon occurs in the sister sign or the opposite side of the wheel. So for this season, there is a full moon in Virgo. This occurs on March 7th and full moons are a time of manifestation but, but they're also a time when the moon is at its most potent. So you can utilize this in all kinds of spell work or rituals, however you want to honor the full moon. This is a good time to tap into that powerful energy. Now, Virgos, Virgos are the sign of health and order. Um, these are very meticulous individuals. So you can utilize this energy for one, cleaning, cleaning. Every time the moon is in Virgo, it does not matter what phase it is in. I will be organizing something <laughs> and 
I, I do that just off of instinct because while I have like the new moons and the full moons memorized, days go by in between. So in those waning and waxing phases, I don't always have like my sights on it, but I'll get that, that, uh, that urge to clean and then I'll check and I'll be like, Hmm, that tracks. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I understand. But aside from that, aside from order and cleansing, while, while this is a great time to do both, this is also a good time for healing spells. Uh, it's a good time for career moves, particularly if you're in a creative field, you know, utilizing that sun being in Pisces and the full moon being in Virgo, you could really get like the grit to hammer out your creative projects. So I would lean into that. Ooh, and as I mentioned, healing. So healing could be any number of things. Um, you know, this could be physical healing, or maybe you have grief that you need to process and work through. This is also a good time to focus on your health and nutrition. Now, lean into that that Pisces energy and approach this creatively or intuitively. So you don't have to to be as rigid as a Virgo can be or as meticulous, but you can lean into spells involving health, nutrition, cleansing, career, fitness, anything around these topics. And you can make moon water if you are lunar sensitive like I am and I'm just exhausted around the time of the new moon or highly energized. It really depends. It really does depend. But You can make moon water to capture this energy for later use and use it for any of those things. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode at the time that this episode releases, which will be the 15th of February. I will have an article out on my Pathios column. Uh, It will be titled, whatever I call it, Pisces Season, A Modern Witch's Guide to the Stars. I've been releasing these every zodiac season to go along with these episodes well not all of these episodes because i missed out on some of the earlier ones but this will be there to sort of guide you and of course we will be making graphics to make this easier to understand and you can see those over at our instagram at cosmic cauldron podcast One other thing I wanted to mention, my book is available for pre-order. That is Eclectic Witchcraft by Charlotte Wilde. You can order it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Llewellyn, and other individual retailers. So if you would like to support me, I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to review our podcast if you have enjoyed it. And we thoroughly appreciate your feedback. It lets us know that you are enjoying this or what we can do better. So until next time, blessed be. Peace out. Peace out.